This is Hannah and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Give us a dollar, five dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, whatever you feel comfortable with. We're getting worse at starting these, huh? It's, it's almost <laughs> I've impressive. Lost, I've lost my touch. So, uh, so full disclosure, if some if the recording sounds weird, there's been all of the weather today. Yeah. Like, Tornado hour. warnings, <laughs> yeah. pouring rain. A half hour ago, I texted him and like, do you want to postpone? It's literally like thunderstorming yeah. out. We can't record, but and now it's And I came over and there's no problem. But now it's windy. So <laughs> if there's like weird, creepy ghost sounds, that's probably what it that's is. That's just normal. Uh, I do want to <laughs> give thank yous to a few of our newer Patreon people. Yes. So to Dan H., Rachel C., Daniel M., and Dan O., lots of Dans. Thank you so much for the support. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, gang. Um, before we start... Oh. I I just actually, no, we are started. Um, I am speaking in Florida this Mm -hmm. weekend. If you are in Tampa or near that area or Orlando, I'm giving talks Saturday morning and Saturday night. And all those details will be, yes, exactly. All those details will be uh, in a link in the show notes. Come on by. Come say hi. I'm talking about politics you know you want to hear it oh are you talking about politics I am actually talking about politics. you're telling me that you wrote a new speech and i who am a, i'm a very good friend i didn't even ask no it's okay <laughs> it was I, it's a rundown of what is 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 it's still hard to be an atheist in politics and what what have we learned in the okay. past several years oh my god that remi- i almost forgot to write this down can i briefly talk about my twitter fight with hal sparks yeah what did you do <laughs> It is okay. It is genuinely among one of the weirdest experiences of my life. Hal so Sparks Hal Sparks being... is an actor. Mm-hmm. I knew him primarily from he, do you remember in the early aughts there no. was all the I love the eighties, I love the nineties. Oh yeah. I lived on those. Those in nostalgia of the week shows on yeah. like VH one. And we it was like before streaming or anything. And so you when we were in college and hung over on the couch, we would just turn on whatever. And so I've probably watched those through I'm going to guess 10 times, and that would be, like, conservative. Yeah. And Hal Sparks, was, he was, like, a talking head on that. He was also an actor in Queer as Folk. Okay. Um, and somebody had... I don't even know who the person was, but they had tweeted, would you vote for an atheist? This was... Okay, the, oh, I remember was the that. Person? It was a comedian, I think, Marsha Warfield. She's a stand-up comedian. I think she meant this earnestly, like, just, would you consider voting for an atheist? Yeah. Something like that. She didn't mean it in a, oh, God, I would never do that. Right. I think she was genuinely asking. I think so, so too. fine. Whatever. And Hal Sparks responded, and I think his response was... I don't... I think he was being earnest. I don't think he was, like, doing a bit, but I could be wrong. I could have misread that. He said... Um, Yes, for an agnostic, dot, dot, dot. I'd have some questions for an atheist. So I retweeted that. I was like, this is a strong bummer of an answer because I'm a nobody on Twitter and I didn't expect him to respond. So he says, why? And I just kind of get into like, well, your implication there is that atheists by nature are, need to be questions are un, or, and are untrustworthy. Fucking two hours later, he and I are having like a flame war. He's calling me prejudiced. And he kept, the, I think like the best part is he kept saying, I didn't say that. It's what you interpreted as. And I said, maybe the, my best thing I've ever said is like, well, that's just how reading works. <laughs> and he was, he was like, you shouldn't project things onto people. Maybe, maybe you should consider whether or not professional atheism is healthy for you. And I was like, fuck <laughs> off, dude. First of all, who the fuck are First you right now? First of all, now? we know it's unhealthy. Yeah, You're not. <laughs> I'm living this life. I understand it's not strong. It 
was just so bizarre. And so just, I kept saying to people the next day, like, do you know who Hal Sparks is? And most of them said no. And I was like, I know. But he argued with me. It was just a very strange thing. And then somebody like tweeted like, she's got a podcast about it. Oh, he kept saying, I didn't know the difference between atheism and, ag- and agnosticism. And people kept saying like, nah, dude, you're hella wrong. And he was like... You're talking to the wrong person. Right. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I was like, um, I actually do have some experience discussing this at length weekly. Tune in. Donate to Patreon. No, anyway, it was just very weird. And he like just had his head crammed so far up his own ass. And, like, it's just, and the thing is, he is ignorant of those things and it's fine nobody expects everybody to be an expert in atheism versus agnosticism or whatever but like the fact that he would he couldn't concede that like that was kind of a bummer of a thing to say and was just foisting it on me it was a wild ride my husband was in the basement i went down and i was like do you know who hell sparks hell sparks is and he was like i'm watching this what the fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that was my weird thing that happened on like sunday night or something (laughs) monday night maybe anyway it was weird i got i was watching it happen too i was trying to read a book and i kept getting you were on twitter you were not trying to read i was trying to read a book but he kept adding me twitter well i mean i (laughs) tweeted i put it down i thought to myself jess you're really liking this book why don't you read it and then my phone blew up and Hal Sparks got real <laughs> mad at me. Congrats on pissing off. It was so bizarre. You should find the thread. I haven't retweeted we'll it with like a thread. summation of it. It was very good. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. This is actually for me a week of some actually pretty good news. Yeah. Like most of my stories are positive. I, I, uh, let me give How, you my personal one, and then uh-huh. uh, we can get into the good stories, okay. the good news stories. So this week, I gave an invocation for the first time. Oh, my God. Again, really good friend. Didn't ask you about this. That's all right. Whatever. I was saving it um, for the show. Sure. So I spoke to the DuPage County Council. This uh-huh. is in the western suburbs of Chicago. Basically, they have invocations. They allow anyone to give them, in theory, um, but usually it's Christian. Yeah. Almost always. And one of the newer board members said, you guys should stop doing that. And then they argued about it. And then they just tabled the discussion. And then I chimed in and said, I want to give an invocation. Uh And they said, yes. So fine. That's the right answer. So I I gave the talk. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically, the lines that I was very proud of include, you know, these invocations often ask you to clasp your hand in prayer or to Mm -hmm. close your eyes. Instead, I encourage you to look, open them up and look around. You are the higher powers you've been looking for. Um, And let's celebrate, instead of spending time on things like invocations, let's celebrate instead our shared humanity and our basic decency and do what's best for the wonderfully diverse county that we are so fortunate to call our home. Nice. So, and again, this was not meant to be in your face or anything like that. The couple of people who spoke to me right after I was done, mm-hmm. um, while there was a little bit of a lull, they were all very nice. Everyone yeah. was respectful. Fine. So I get home that <laughs> night and cause I didn't stick around for the meeting. Cause this is the first 30 seconds or whatever yeah. of the meeting. And then I found out, no, no hell went, it all went to hell. Like after I left, cause then they continued a discussion at some point uh-huh. about invocations. So invocations in general, not specifically, yours. not specifically mine. But... Um, the board member who had invited me, or I, I should say, I asked her, can I do it? Mm-hmm. She said, yes. 
who was the one who said we should consider getting rid of these in general, she had written a blog post about why we should not have invocation. She passed that around to everybody, a uh-huh. printout. So they're discussing. <laughs> they were discussing this. Here's some comments from other commissioners on the board. I'm this so was excited. in a local news write-up. We've got a 5,000-pound elephant in the room, so why wait until 2020? Implying that we don't have to wait till the next board gets elected uh-huh. before we can address this issue because uh, Don Desart, the board member who had said yes to me, uh-huh. said, look, it's an overwhelmingly, I'm paraphrasing here, it's an overwhelmingly Republican conservative board right. given where we are. Right. So if, if we took a vote on this, we know what's going to happen. They're going to keep the invocations. Her argument is like, we should change this policy now, but otherwise we just need to get more people elected who are going to be willing to get rid of it. Uh-huh. And that won't happen the chance won't happen until 2020. So he says, why wait until 2020? We got this 5,000-pound elephant in the room. Let's vote now. Uh-huh. Uh, let's take the pulse of the county board. Someone else uh, says, this is the board chair, this is an issue that has been identified very particularly and dramatically <laughs> today. I think he's talking about me. I haven't. I've always <laughs> said you're such a drama so queen. drama, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, they decided that at the end of this month, when they have their next meeting, like in two weeks, they're going to vote on the issue. Really? Mostly to shut up the counselors, the two or three of them out of like 15, who are opposed to it, Uh and just say, look, fine, you want to make this an issue? Let's make it an issue. We'll vote on it. And then we know which way the vote's going to go. We'll keep the invocations and then keep doing this. But at least we've... We're not ignoring you. Right. We're taking a vote on your issue and let's move on to other stuff. Uh-huh. I think that's where they're coming from on this. And it's that's fine. Like, go ahead and take the vote. What they were doing to me, or what they were doing, I mean, it's not illegal what they're doing. Right. I, no one said otherwise. Right. But just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. That's my argument because it's a bad idea. No, I want to do an invocation. You should ask. Everyone, are you listening? In you, If your city council, county council has the invocations as part of their meetings and you could see it in their minutes on the websites for the city um you have a right to i mean they all have different policies some of them say you got to be part of an established organization Uh um but whatever it is if it's in our boundaries come at it some of them in our case uh just said if you're interested let us know so it varies like i'm not part of any group i just spoke as myself yeah but whatever anyone can do it anyone should do it and honestly, the fact that uh, I'm, I'm not giving myself credit here, but I think just hearing from someone who doesn't fit the religious mold mm-hmm. spurred them into action. Like, right. all right, fine. You want to make a thing of this? We'll just shut this shit down. So, yeah. Whatever. Atheist Invocations 2019. That's going to be our You're hashtag. Right. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to your person. Do it. See if I can give an invocation <laughs> on my own. My parents would be so proud for the um, first time. <laughs> it would be such a foreign <laughs> feeling. My parents wanted to come to watch it. I'm like, this is a bad idea on your end. Really? Like, I don't know why you want to see this. They were like, because I don't do anything anymore. I'm not in high school where I did plays that they could watch. Oh, sure. Like They, they have, don't listen to this podcast every right? week? They don't know I have a podcast. They don't get a chance to see me do stuff sure. that they could be proud of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, you're speaking at a government thing. I'm like, you don't, you, trust not. me, this is not the thing you want to see. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, they got sick. And so they couldn't come. You're They're fine monster. now. They just had a cough. Thankfully, God struck <laughs> them down. Um, I do want to move Ugh, on to a okay. story that this was shocking to me because I saw it on conservative sites for like two days before I'm like, all right, what is it? I'll read it. 
and and now I've read it, and it's like, what the hell are you people complaining about? Uh, here's here's the story. Yeah, as they put it, a girl in a high school in um, Ohio. This is Lebanon High School in Ohio. Um, she saw that there were rainbow flags around the school. They were hanging. The, it was from the Gay Straight Alliance. Mm-hmm. They had hung these things up. And she got upset by all of this because sure. how dare these rainbows exist? Snowflake? Yeah. And so she decided to write Bible verses on posters and put them up on the wall and on some lockers and stuff like that. Okay. Then, as the conservatives tell the story, there were some teachers taking down the posters, and then she got called into the principal's office, and now she has an in-school suspension. Okay. And so she made a Facebook video basically saying, they're attacking me for my Christian beliefs. And Not whatever. Exactly. That's that's the oh, story I, I kept that. reading on a bunch of conservative sites. Franklin Graham, the evangelist, had a post about it. Like, mm-hmm. how dare they do this to this poor girl? Here's the story. And I'm saying this as someone who worked at a public school. Okay, but even yeah. before you... Yeah. Like, even just hearing that story... I know in my high school we had to like get things stamped by the dean to let them oh, yeah. to get them hung up. That's so I'm like going no matter this. what. So when I'm hearing that story I'm like, well, if she didn't go through the, the process. process. Yeah, imagine if anyone can hang anything up on the walls. It's chaos. Uh, it's the anarchy. school can't control it. If a kid puts up something that is genuinely offensive, mm-hmm. what is the school going to say yeah, like we didn't we didn't know it was up there. We didn't say yes to. So basically a lot of public schools have these policies that say if you want to post anything up on the walls, you got to go through us, get your poster stamped, get it uh, approved in some way, and then fine, go ahead and hang them up. And to be right. clear, this school in particular has a Bible club. They meet in the mornings, like once a week or something. <laughs> the girl even said as so much. So oppressed. Yeah, this is not exactly like she's acting like they're oppressing Christians. No, the school's fine with Christians. They have a meeting. They have a club. Right. I don't know how many clubs. Um, so anyway, it's pretty uh, what they didn't say in the articles, because mm-hmm. I don't think everyone knows all the details. It seems like the Gay Straight Alliance got permission to hang up the things they wanted to hang up. She did not get permission to hang what? up her stuff. That's why she got in trouble, because she broke the rules. And by the way, she no one knows, at least in terms of the news articles, no one knew what Bible verses she was putting up there. But if it was responding to the gay stuff... Oh, wait, she didn't write them out. She just wrote, like... I don't know what John, she wrote. I don't know if she wrote, like, John 3.16 or, mm-hmm. like, the actual verses. But the ones that are generally considered anti-gay, the ones, the clobber verses people use mm-hmm. to say, no, look, the Bible says the being Leviticus. gay is wrong... Those have a punishment of death. Like if a man lies with a man as he lies with a woman, mm-hmm. murder him. That's that's what the Bible verses say about that. I don't know what she wrote, but like I could see this being a problem. Right. Um, but again, she didn't get permission. That's why she got in trouble for it. So the school's position is like, as far as I can tell, it's not anti-Christian. It's anti-rule breaking. Yeah. And we can argue about the legitimacy of it. But if like the Bible club at the school said, we want to post this stuff, um, you, we, then we could actually have a discussion right, about, about apples and apples. Yeah. You know, like, what is it that you want to hang? Is mm-hmm. it fostering a climate that's on unf- whatever? Mm-hmm. We can have that discussion. It's not this story. Right. Um, so she had an in-school suspension. But all this. And here's the thing. The school can't really say much. Because if you're like, why did you punish this girl? Uh-huh. They can't say, well, we punished Jessica because of this. And No, you're, you're a student. Uh, I'm not going to sure. rat you on can't... you. <laughs> so the yeah. school's like, we can't discuss this with anyone because right. it's a private school matter. But they did issue a general 
comment to the media saying, in general, when a student violates the student code of conduct, uh-huh. there are consequences for those actions. Cool. And to me, they're referring to she didn't get permission. Everyone else is like, yeah, because she's Christian. She broke your code of I conduct. I thought Republicans were the ones that were all about like personal responsibility and consequences for your actions. Uh, not if you agree with their policies, oh, then the God, rules don't it's apply. It's so hard to keep all that I straight. I know. So uh, hmm. I, I'm... Because this thing was starting to blow up yesterday, I'm wondering where this goes after this. But yeah, I hadn't heard about that story. So, cool. Do you want to t- tell us a good story. I would love to. Um, Hammond, what do you? What did you do on Saturday night? I don't. I don't know what I did yesterday. <laughs> what did I do Saturday night? It doesn't matter. It was right. supposed to be. <laughs> Supposed to be a kickoff, and it was supposed to be supposed to be pithy, and it was neither. Okay, so SNL is a show that is on <laughs> yeah. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> not, it's not on Saturday. Say it's that, on NBC. Try that again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? You're did, lucky I don't delete any of this stuff because that's too much work. <laughs> Do you remember when one of the Trump kids called it S and L? <laughs> he thought the N stands for and. <laughs> I've never taken more glee in something ever. SNL is the show. It's on Saturday nights. It's com- it's yeah, a comedy yeah. show. Um, so during Weekend Update, which is like their news segment, um, Pete Davidson came on, who we've talked about, I think, a couple times on this show for whatever reason. Um, and they, so he was talking about this R. Kelly news that's been coming out of people are dropping him from everywhere, same with Michael Jackson. Um, and he like really came in hot. So he said he wanted to be clear that R. Kelly was a monster who should go to jail forever. Then he said, and I quote, but if you support the Catholic Church, isn't that the same thing as being an R. Kelly fan? I don't really see the difference, except like one's music is significantly better, which was <laughs> is hilarious. The audience was like pearl clutching, which I was into. Um, and guess what? The Catholics do not like getting made fun of. Yeah. Um, so they demanded a, uh, an <laughs> apology. Um, from the Diocese of Brooklyn, quote, the faithful of our church are disgusted by the harassment by those in news and entertainment. <laughs> and this sketch offends millions. The sketch offended nobody. Mm-hmm. The mockery <laughs> of this difficult time in the church's history sh- serves no purpose. The clergy sex abuse crisis is shameful and no one should ever get a laugh at the expense of the victims who have suffered or er- suffered irreparably. Well, Just that's a weird clear. time to be pro-victim, <laughs> Catholic Church. And, and Pete Davidson wasn't making fun of the victims. No, he was all. making fun of people who supported the church that victimized people. Right. I would call that the opposite. Um, so anyway, I think it's extremely funny. I hope they do a follow-up this Saturday if there, there is, was, in fact, an episode. Uh, Matthew Decim at Slate basically joked, like, it's not fair to compare these people because one used an authoritarian culture of secrecy to enable and conceal repre- reprehensible acts of sexual abuse and pedophilia for years, uh-huh. and the other is R. Kelly. Uh, ah. <laughs> um, and actually, he closed it with something that I... Or he didn't close it. He did a whole thing about relationships, which is also straight. Just go watch the thing. What do you listen to <laughs> us repeat it? But he, he said... Um, if it's in, and He kind of got into a thing that is one of my favorite, like when I've had two glasses of wine and like want to have a faux fake discussion at somebody, yes. it's always like separate the art from the artist kind of conversations, okay. which anyway, 
He said, if it's that important to you, then at least own it. Like, I never have to see another Kevin Spacey film again, but if the CEO of Swisher Sweets turns out to be a cannibal, I can't just change my whole life. <laughs> so here's my plan, and hopefully you guys like it. Anytime any of us listens to a song or watches a movie made by an accused serial predator, you give a dollar to a charity that helps sexual assault survivors. I've already donated $142 from Ignition Remix alone. <laughs> and I really nice. like that. I feel sure. like that's actually a really good idea, because... There's like seven is one of my favorite movies, but <laughs> Kevin Spacey ruin everything, bud. Um, a couple other things to add about the what the diocese said. The end of that press release. I know the word harassment is the thing that people are like seriously uh-huh. you're calling him right. what he did harassment. Um, the thing they said at the end of their press release was it is likely that no other institution has done more than the Catholic Church to no, combat no. and prevent sexual abuse. You're fucking lying it's to like an me. Arson is saying I have put out more fires uh-huh. than anybody. I put else. out 5 to 7 fires every single uh-huh. day. And and that there I was started. also the Catholic League which is this guy Bill Donahue uh-huh. in I assume his mother's basement <laughs> still and he I mean he reacts over the top to everything. So he's not, no one's saying he is the Catholic church, no matter what he thinks that he he thinks he's the Catholic church. But he said of Pete Davidson, he did not compare the alleged predator, R. Kelly, to an alleged predatory priest. He compared R. Kelly to the entire Catholic clergy. His bigoted remark deserves to be condemned by everyone. Mm. His bigoted remark, which is what normal people call a joke. And truth. Yeah. Um, And he's, again, wasn't even calling out the entire clergy. He's saying if you support the institution, you're you're not taking it that seriously. Because the institution, let's say it all together, was complicit. Uh The institution took great measures to cover up child abuse. The the Catholic Church is fucking complicit. Uh. Yeah, wow. I mean, the difference is at least the public seems to be coming around to dealing with R. Kelly, <laughs> but they still say it's okay to, like, be a Catholic. Yeah. People still act like that's fine. So, like, hardly difference. If anything, yeah. like, his joke was totally fair. SNL is not on again for, like, another couple of oh, weeks. It's not? Like, they're taking a couple of weeks off, so he's not going to address it this weekend, if anything. Yeah. Um, but depending on where this goes, because usually these pseudo-protests just kind of fizzle out and sure. die. Sure. Yeah, um, that's too bad. I would like to hear it. But I, I remember watch, I was watching it live, and I'm like, that was funny. <laughs> and that was it. Then we moved on, and then like it was only well after the next day where people are like, nope, nope, I'm mad about that joke. Yeah, I, Mikey and I watched it on Hulu on like Sunday afternoon or something like that, so I'd already seen the headlines about... About, so I was kind of teed up to what, for what was about to happen. It was a very funny bit. Yeah. Good I hope he doesn't Davidson. apologize. He has nothing to apologize no. for. But you were mentioning the, the uh, Kevin Spacey stuff in the York. I just saw the Michael Jackson one. Yeah. That was oh, did you want, have you watched that doc? I did. I think I'm going to watch it. It was intense. I don't know. We do. Oh, my God. Well we made. had this conversation last night, Mikey and I did. So in our, in our office upstairs, yeah. we have four framed records. Mm-hmm. So we have... The Who by Tommy, um, Chuck Reagan album, a strung out album, and then Thriller by Michael Jackson. Mm. And Mikey came home last, and I hadn't even, I mean, we've had that hung up in like both of the places we've lived for years. And Mikey came home last night like, so we need to get a new record, Jess. (laughs) So now it's like this whole thing of like vetting our records. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We might go with Lord Jane Grace or something. 
Anyway. I'll nod my head and pretend like I know what you're talking about. Virgin Grace is the trans leads. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's talk about other good news. George Pell. Yes. He, the highest ranking Catholic cardinal to actually get punished hey, for the abuse. Does six years in prison seem like very okay, much Okay, yeah, prisons? so he only gets six years in prison, and after three years and eight months, he's on pro- he could be on probation. It's a, it's a short sentence, considering yeah. he... I think there were two kids he abused personally, not to mention all the ones he helped cover up. up. Um, and this is for... We talked about this. His lawyer said... Look, it's not a big deal. It's just a, quote, plain vanilla sexual oh, penetration case yeah. where the child is not Stop. actively participating. Stop. Stop. I'm done. Um, so it's it's a six-year sentence. It's been a week of a lot of short prison sentences. Dottie! Dottie feels the same way I do. She's protecting us from... Yes, yeah. I see you, And here's the thing. He could have... He, there were five charges against him. He faced up Dottie. to 10 years Stop. behind bars for every single one of them. He could have faced 50 years in jail. Yeah. But he's also really old. So yeah, like, he's eighty. So hopefully he'll whatever. die. Yeah, he may. He he's not going to be a problem but he's much in, anymore. In prison in Australia, right? Uh, he's going to be in prison in Australia. And here's the thing: I don't know how much of an impact his jailing has on the Catholic Church in the U.S. Because it's like, yeah, I mean, you're all criminals at this point. Right. Uh, the people at the top who are complicit in all this. But in Australia, where he's a big freaking deal, Mm -hmm. this has actually had a significant impact. They actually asked a former Catholic priest in a local newspaper, um, a big paper in Australia. They talked to a former Catholic priest um, and a researcher in the area in Melbourne where George Pell served as archbishop. Uh And he said the trial and the conviction and now the sentencing has been disastrous for the church. He said... I'd say we've lost about two, possibly three generations of young people. And now I think the situation is worsening because mm-hmm. the old genera- older generation is following the young. Right. So good. I mean, it seems like at least in Australia where the pews are just emptying out, mm-hmm. uh, like it's about damn time. It shouldn't right. have taken this conviction for that to happen. Right. But so there's something good. People, it's, people are taking the Michael Jackson CD out of the thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're they're responding appropriately to the horrors right in front of them. Or at least they're saying, I don't want to be a part of this. Right. It's not that they don't believe in God, by the way. They sure. still probably no. do. But they're saying, I don't need to belong to this particular institution uh, given every horrible thing it's done. What would you guess the percentage of the population of Australia is Catholic? Um, I, I don't know. was completely wrong. I what thought maybe 10%. Oh, no, it's much bigger. Yeah, 22.6%. Okay. I just didn't realize it was there's a big Catholic population yeah. down there. But at least he's convicted. This is uh, the other side of this case, which has been fascinating to watch, is Australia has rules like about writing about convictions that have not happened yet. Right. So remember, all of the conviction happened in like December. Yeah. But they require the media in Australia to do like a media blackout mm-hmm. on reporting this stuff until this whole conviction has been issued so that you're not like soiling the jury. Sure. Uh, in in advance. Makes sense. But it means like there was a, a newspaper in Australia that actually published in December there's, I'm paraphrasing here, but they basically had a black square on the front page of their paper saying, like, something big just happened. Really? We can't tell you about it, but it concerns our area. That's a very like, dramatic wink, wink. <laughs> Kind of like, yeah, just poking a finger in the eye of, like, the rules. And I've heard a lot of 
Australian journalists defending those rules. But at the same time, they were like, we're here reporting this story. Right. Meanwhile, like the Daily Beast and other American news outlets are reporting exact. They're taking the story oh. from us because you don't have the same rules we do. Sure. Yeah, whatever. That's a good point. Um, I also, there was an article about that um, that sort of spoke to the the fact that because the Catholic Church has been sitting on its hands for the last ever um, about like the rise of how civil court is starting to step in because for a long time people were very much like let the Catholic Church figure its own shit out. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and decided to do nothing. Um, so yeah, like in French court last month, Cardinal Philippe Barb- Barber. Good luck. It's Barberin. Barberin. I don't speak French, and if I did an accent, I would offend a whole country. Um, he was the Archbishop Archbishop of Lyon. He um, he was convicted on charges of covering up an abusive priest in his diocese, and there is a whole vocal group of victims in France called La Parole Libérée. Nailed it. Fucking nice. nailed it, as usual. Also, the, chur- the judge who sentenced Pell spoke of his staggering arrogance, which I think is a really strong pull quote. <laughs> so, that's that. Catholic Church, dude. What yeah. is going on there? Uh, let's talk about what's happening in Georgia because this is an amusing story. Oh, it's such a good story. Uh, not the beginning part. The beginning part is they just are about to pass an anti-abortion bill. It's one of those fetal heartbeat. If you mm. hear the heartbeat, then you can't have an abortion. Even though that happens six weeks in, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean anything. And I do want and when we talk about six weeks of six week six week yeah. abortions again. I want to make sure everybody understands what that means because I think it's on its face deceiving. Because you're considered, they count your pregnancy as starting at the end of your last period. Right. So that means that if you so and you ovulate two weeks later. So that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so if you do get pregnant, you're not going to find out for two weeks, which is four weeks of quote unquote being pregnant because you miss your period. Most, not most people, many people don't have completely regular periods. So even if you wait a week and be like, hey, maybe my period's just late because sometimes periods are weird Mm -hmm. like that, um, that gives you a week to schedule and to figure out that you're pregnant. And again, make an appointment. Speaking as someone who's had to deal with watching this all happen, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, even if it's late, there may be other reasons for it. So jumping to I'm pregnant isn't necessarily the first thought that comes to. And like, listen, I don't want to talk about like my personal cycle on a podcast, but this is what they're making me do. Like, why do you think everyone gives on Patreon? But it's like what the seriously, want. like if you guys want to like get this invasive, I'll tell you. Like my last cycle <laughs> was like thirty-five days. What the fuck are what? That's six weeks. <laughs> I, it's and the just, whole point is, six weeks. A lot of women don't even know, know they're, they're pregnant. pregnant, and so you're basically banning them from getting an abortion before they even know what's going right. on. It's just a method it's to a shut a women down ban, from even ban. yeah being allowed to make a decision on this stuff. But the whole point of it is, look, Georgia is a state where, remember, this is the one Stacey Abrams couldn't win because the voters were suppressed. Like, Republicans run this state, mm-hmm. and they're going to probably pass this bill. And they want it to pass because right. they know the people will go after it in courts. They want to get it to Brett Kavanaugh as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in the meantime, so what do you do if you're a Democrat in that state? Because 
what your no vote doesn't do much. There's a couple mm-hmm. things you can do. You can make a big stink about what a horrible policy move this is, mm-hmm. and plenty of them have done that, and they continue to do that all the time, mm-hmm. like trying to ch- tell, scream to the world, like, look at what they're doing to women. Right. This whole party is doing this to women. That's one option. Another, you can always try to make amendments to the rule. Good luck getting them passed. Right. Um, but here's what Representative Darshan Kendrick did. She wrote a separate bill saying, well, I wrote a bill to regulate men's bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she called it her... Te- and, and she hasn't filed this. It's not an official bill yet. But what she posted on Twitter was an email she sent to a staffer who drafts the legislation saying, I need you to draft something with the following things in it. (laughs) And this is called her testicular Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe I'll just read this through. Here's what she wanted in the bill. Require men to obtain permission from their sex partner before they're able to obtain a prescription for Viagra Mm -hmm. or any other medicine like that. Mm -hmm. Ban vasectomies, both in part and in whole, Mm -hmm. um, with punitive measures Mm -hmm. if they get it otherwise. Make it an aggravated assault crime for men to have sex without a condom. Mm -hmm. Require DNA testing when a woman is six weeks and one day pregnant to determine (laughs) the father of the child who has to start paying child support Right then and there. I sort of love that. Yeah. Uh, 24-hour waiting period for anyone for any men who want to buy porn or sex toys. <laughs> that might be my favorite part. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> she's going to regulate men's balls. That's, That's her so goal. Good. She said, <laughs> quote, if the state of Georgia is going to be, be concerned with regulating women's reproductive rights, I think it's only fitting that we do that for men's rep- reproductive rights. Um, she said that her proposal is really to draw attention to what I think is an absurdity. And that's all she can do, unfortunately. Yeah, it's great. And she's gotten a lot of headlines. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, she did her job well. Like, yeah, she, except it won't, it won't mean anything. No, but no it's drawing attention it. to things that should be. It's one of those things where it's like, the only benefit that comes from that besides, haha, she's a good troll, uh-huh. is maybe some young people in Georgia who might not vote are like, yeah, she's right, so I'm right. going to make sure never in my life to vote for a Republican right. because that I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that's she's not the first person to think about doing something like this. In Texas a couple of years ago, another legislator tried something similar, legislating men's bodies. Her bill in Texas required men, would have required uh, men to pay $100 every time they masturbate. <laughs> um, it would have... <laughs> Forced, it would have forced doctors that if you went to a doctor, if a man went to a doctor saying, I need Viagra, uh-huh. uh, first the doctor would have to sit with them and discuss material in an informational yes. booklet. And by the way, if you wanted Viagra, you have to wait 24 hours after your initial consultation That's to actually so get it in good. your hand. <laughs> that bill didn't go anywhere. Either. Why do you know I know, but That's pretty good. Hilarious. Here's uh, some exciting news. Yes. Um, this is from Scotland. Oh. And the story here is that humanist weddings, where like a humanist efficient can, can do the wedding, those only became legal like in 2005. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only been a relatively short amount of time. But they do take statistics on the wedding, of course, on the wedding rates, who's getting married, how they're getting married, um, whatever you could put a number on 
they they take these numbers. Uh And so this is in Scotland via Freedom of Information Act. The group Humanist UK got this information. And what they found is that at least since 2005, humanists, people who had humanist wedding ceremonies have had a lower rate of divorce compared to people who got married in a church. And specifically what they found is and by the way, uh, humanist weddings began overtaking religious weddings. Really, in 2012, like wow. raw numbers. But they found that people who get married without religion, with a humanist chaplain or something, they are three times less likely to divorce than three Roman Catholic time. marriages. Oh. More than two times less likely to divorce than Church of Scotland marriages. M- uh, almost four times less likely to divorce than just courthouse civil marriages. Huh. Um, that one's a surprise. And it's not like we're talking small numbers either. We're, since uh, in 2017 alone, there were like 5,700 humanist marriages wow. that took place in Scotland. So interesting. Um, the actual number, if you're wondering, of the last five years, of the marriages that happened in the last five years, mm-hmm. the divorce rate is 1.7 divorces for every 1,000 weddings okay. on the record. And that's compare that to like civil ceremonies mm-hmm. where it's 7.3 out of every thousand. Hmm. You know what I mean? So um, now not close to that, uh, that 50% statistic that we kept hearing yelled about. Where well, did that come that's from? assuming, I mean, this is in a short time span, oh, yeah. right? So we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> they down still the road. Have time to split up. They have plenty of time to split up if they want to. And here's my theory. So like, these are just the statistics, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell you the story. doesn't tell you why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Here's my theory as to why this is the case. Like, if you're having a non-religious ceremony, even in a country where it seems to happen a lot, Uh you have to make that decision. You have to plan out this wedding. You have to say, you know what? I don't want religion in this thing. Mm. And you're my partner, and you got to be okay with this, too. Like, it's not going to happen if only one of us wants it. Sure. Um, So both of you have to agree. It initiates that discussion. You both want this humanist wedding. It in, in a lot of ways, it's probably saying, you know what? My parents had a religious wedding, but I'm not going to follow that tradition. Uh-huh. I'm going to go my own way because this is what me and my partner want. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to come to a decision about something like that, it shows that you can have that conversation. Right. And you're willing to talk things through and have that discussion. And so, cool. That's a sign mm-hmm. that it's not because you had a humanist wedding that everything's working out. It's that, oh, yeah, you have the skills required of a married mm-hmm. couple Right, because you could discuss these things. You can buck your parents' wishes right. if that's what you desire. Yeah, and like again, when you think about where conflict comes from in a relationship, in a marriage, mm-hmm. family's a good chunk of it a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so that's I think one reason. And also, when it comes to what goes on in the wedding, um, there's no set script necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like you might find it a religion. Like you gotta say, here's what I'm gonna say for my vows. Yeah. Here are the readings we're gonna do. If our aunt or uncle get upset about it, mm-hmm. fuck them. We're gonna do this anyway. <laughs> and compare that to some church weddings where a lot of it's prescripted. Mm-hmm. There may have been pressure from the family to do it, even if you didn't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have religious reasons to get married before you're ready to get married. Yep. I think that's right? the biggest one. Um, and it's not that those uh, weddings in a church don't work. Of course they do a lot no. of the time. But if you like rewind the tape on people who split up, mm-hmm. 
There's, I feel like anecdotally, I feel like if you were around the tape of their relationship, you would find friction at that wedding too. If, yeah, uh, for, well, for those reasons. And I also think that when you are under pressure, either from your own religion or from your parents, to not live together until you're married. You know, Mikey and I moved in together. That's we were ready to move in together before we were ready to get married. Right. This is, and I was going to mention, that is one of the, there's like two or three other possible reasons for this that I didn't think of immediately. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Yeah. A lot of the non-religious couples cohabitate before mm-hmm. they get married. So Which you is, know exactly what you're stepping into. of a marriage working out. Yes. Um, and also, this is what um, the d- research director at the, quote, Marriage Foundation said, um, he said that humanists who get married tend to be older or richer than the general public. Sure. And that means you're less likely to get divorced or have those money issues that you might yeah. if you're really young and religious mm-hmm. and in that same position. Um, and also, if you're having a non-religious wedding, you probably have a shared view of religion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and I've definitely heard this from people who have like a wedding in a Catholic church. Yep. One of you did it because your parents wanted you to. Yep. The other one's like, all right, fine. I'll go through the classes mm-hmm. or the counseling. Um, I'll convert religions, right. whatever we talked about last week. Like, whatever. So um, now, here's what I don't know the answer to. These are numbers from Scotland. Right. I don't know how universal those numbers are. Mm-hmm. One Catholic official who's like, oh, screw you, your numbers are wrong. He said it's too early to tell if humanist weddings are successful since they've only been around since 2005. But also they were comparing apples to apples. They were saying in the past five sure. years of the people who got married, how many are no longer married? So right. I mean, it's not a total... Uh, you can't do the comparison. Yes, you can. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's an apples to apples comparison. And they said, like, if I'm looking at the numbers here... Of the people who got married in the past five years, they said the divorce rates, like humanist weddings, are still significantly lower. Mm -hmm. And these are people who only got married in the past five years. Right. Right. So this is down the line of the past 15 years. They're always lower. So interesting numbers. Interesting story. Sure. I like that one. Cool. Um, I have some good news. Yes. Um, so, Hemet, how much do you know about rape kits? Everything. Cool. So, um, if a woman is raped and the police believe her story mm-hmm. and she chooses to tell anybody. These are a lot of ifs. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I want to kind of give some perspective on this. So, if that happens, if she ends up at the police station or in the hospital, they'll conduct a rape, t- a ra- a rape kit. So essentially, it's some swabbing. It, it is to see whether or not she had sex and to get any DNA that might have been left behind. Um, for many women, this is very re-traumatizing after they've just been traumatized. But still, it's the best way to figure out who did it if there's a DNA match. So um, in 2015, all of a sudden, this story blew up that there were a huge number of rape kits that just went untested. They just got put on a shelf somewhere and forgotten about. And this isn't like for six months or eight months. This is decades and decades. There's some estimates that, I mean, it was hundreds of thousands. It was no small number. Um, So at that time, Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus R. Vance Jr., which is a dope name, Mm -hmm. he committed, um, do you know what forfeiture money is? I don't either. Okay. He committed $38 million in forfeiture money to help other jurisdiction test rape kits. 
So since then, uh, since the grants have been distributed in 2015, the the evidence kits have... Um, so let me see. So Cyrus Vance, by the way, is the guy who, as soon as Paul Manafort got his small sentences this uh-huh. week, he's like, oh, by the way, in New York, you just got convicted of 16 charges by a grand jury. That was also Cyrus Vance. Oh, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. So um, the initiative got 15, or excuse me, 55,000 rape t- kits tested. And so far, 165 um, prosecutions have resulted. Wow. 165 men were taken off the street for rape. That's very good news, I would say. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about this because this is sort of a, a pet interest of mine. Um, Vance said, uh, so advocates for victim uh, for rape victims estimate that about 250,000 kits remain untested across the country. Um, Vance said um, that he believes fundamentally it's gender bias at issue. A crime involving mostly involving women was just not viewed as important to solve. So I just want to give a couple highlights of what happened. Um, so nearly half the DNA pro- uh, produced matches... St- Excuse me. Nearly half produced DNA matches strong enough to be added to the FBI's um, genetic profile database. Um, Ninety-two hundred of those of those matched with DNA profiles in the system, which means they know who did the crime, which probably goes a pretty long way into catching the criminals. Um, so in Memphis, the body, the police exhumed the body of Robert Brasher, who is a criminal from Missouri. Um, and he, uh, he had killed himself, so he didn't get arrested. They tied him to eight sexual assaults in three states and three murders. Um, the key to solving these cases was an untested, untested rape kit from a 14-year-old girl attacked in 1997. So, cool. Thanks for sitting on that one for mm-hmm. a couple decades, guys. In Georgia, um, evidence collected in 2003 from a woman who was raped at gunpoint in a park, was finally tested and led the police to uh, Dandre Shabazz, who has since been linked to 14 sexual assaults committed between 2001 and 2005. Nadia Iverson, whose body was found in May 1997 at a construction, at a con- construction site, her kit was tested in March 2016. So again, almost two decades. Um, last year, Arthur Sewell, a a former police officer was arrested and charged with her murder after the authority, the authority said his DNA ma- matched her attackers. So, like, these are actionable results. These are people, like, what the fuck are we doing as a culture that people are just like, nah, this, this one can just, this one can sit just on sit. I'm going to back burner 250,000 rape kits for the next couple of decades because I want to bust somebody for an ounce of weed in their pocket. Anyway, if you're interested in um, contributing to this cause, go to endthebacklog.org. They're raising money to uh, to put toward this because this is how we convict rapists is by like looking at the like how this is looking at the evidence. Looking That's at right the evidence, you? yeah, oh, that you huh. got that you collected. That yeah. I mean. I just, it's fine. I'm just angry kind of at the world right now. And I know that was a good news story. It was supposed to be, but now I'm angry. So here I am. I got a bad news story. This is Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education. Um, Like, there's nothing she won't do to hurt public schools. Here's her latest attempt to to hurt them. She just announced, remember the Trinity Lutheran decision from the Supreme Court says Mm -hmm. religious organizations are eligible for taxpayer money if it's going to a secular... Uh, project, 
right? Yeah. yeah She's yeah. saying, well, that means... In case of education, in the case of education, she's saying that means religious groups can provide secular resources to schools like mentoring or tutoring or whatever, uh-huh. and they can get money from the district for providing those services. Mm-hmm. And in theory, that sounds okay. Like if a Christian ministry, for example, said, we will offer tutors, uh, qualified tutors mm-hmm. to your school district um, from after school every day, um, but we do ask a payment for the management of all that and whatever. That sounds, in theory, okay. Here's right. the problem. Every single time, it seems, these sort of things are offered, there's no rules in place to prevent them from proselytizing, mm-hmm. from encouraging the students to attend the church. Like, there needs to be a very clear line Mm -hmm. in the sand about what is acceptable and what is not. Mm -hmm. And right now, there's no indication they are drawing those lines. They're just saying, yeah, if your ministry wants to provide services, fine. But what's going to happen when those tutors start to preach? Which they uh, not directly necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe they don't do it directly. But, like, for example, we've seen so many stories where public schools bring in a Christian ministry even though it's not obvious by mm-hmm. the name, mm-hmm. but they'll do it to teach sex ed classes or lessons, or they do it to teach uh, to hold assemblies on why kids shouldn't do drugs. And they're like, well, we didn't know it was like a ministry. Their name was like, don't do drugs. Like, it was fine. <laughs> it seemed fine on the surface. We did the bare minimum of research. We looked at their name. Yeah. What do you want and us to do? A lot of times those assemblies during the day might be okay. They mm-hmm. stay on message. Like, don't do drugs, kids. All right. By the way, we're going to have this awesome assembly mm-hmm. again tonight. Bring your parents along, too. We'll have pizza for you. And at night, because it's not during the school day, right. now they go heavy on the Jesus stuff. Right. So, like, they didn't do it directly. They didn't break the rules during the day, but they know exactly how to use it to their advantage. Yeah, it is That's slippery. where this gets crazy. Yeah. And so... Betsy DeVos is basically saying, no, give those groups money. And what happens when you sue the district over their preaching? Who's going to pay for that? Like, there's so many ways this could go wrong. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about any of that. But her department has notified Congress that they're basically not going to go after school districts that give money to religious groups citing the Trinity Lutheran decision. So that's a thing that's going on this week. Um, I did have one that I didn't uh, tell you about that. I th- I'm curious to hear your reaction to this. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie that's out that I haven't seen because I don't do movies that's apparently popular. Uh, Captain Marvel. It's very good. Sure it is. I saw it. It's a movie. So, yeah. Okay, fine. It's good. It's, it's basically the superhero movie with Brie Larson as the lead. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Um, there's a writer for the website Desiring God, which is the Christian ministry of a preacher who's... Subtle. Oh it's God. a subtle name. I like it. Yeah. Um, he, he said in his review of Captain Marvel that he cannot help but mourn oh. the direction Disney has taken with its female leads. Here's the gist of his argument. We used to have it good uh-huh. with like Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. Like Sleeping Beauty was a princess, and she needed a man to yeah, save her. Yeah, she literally did nothing And Snow White needed, I assume, seven men to save her. Uh. I don't remember that movie. But in no, Captain Marvel, 
like Brie Larson acts like she can do this shit by herself. Well, she um, is a superhero. Said, yeah. In, here's, I'm quoting now. Instead of engaging the movie's ideology as mere fiction, a fun escape to another world, we have allowed it to bear deadly fruit on Earth. Along with Disney, we abandon the traditional princess vibe and seek to empower little girls everywhere to be strong like men. Blah, blah, blah. Does the insanity bother us anymore? That's his review. He's mad. They're teaching girls to be strong. That's a man thing. What the fuck? That's the right response to church stuff. Wait, no, that must be parody. I've never been more <laughs> sure that anything is parody in my entire life. He goes life. on, we ought to lament that feminist lust cannot be appeased That's even correct. with blood. That is correct. Because apparently Brie Larson kicks ass in this movie. She sure does. Uh, the feminist, blah, blah, blah. He, it takes its daughters and now calling men's bluff advocates for sending its mothers into the flames. Let's dissect this for a second. He's saying back in the good old days, men would fight the wars Uh because you, Jessica, you stay home, take care of our kids and cook the pies. Mm -hmm. I will go off to war and sacrifice myself. But now... Wait, hold on. Just really quick. Between the two of us, who would be a better soldier? (laughs) Dear God, our whole country's screwed. (laughs) He's saying in this movie, she's like, I will fight my own battles. (laughs) And she does, and like she she kills people, I assume, in yeah. the movie. And he's like, "How horrible is that? That some man did not swoop in and say, Brie Larson, I got you covered. You stay home. Sure, let me fight this for you.'" Really, he's like, why do feminists hate women so much that they would suggest this is a good idea? And like these girls who are looking up at the poster saying, oh, my God, I could be strong like her. They could skin a knee and then what would happen? That hurts society. Their gams wouldn't look good in a Um, dress. This guy, Morse, the guy who wrote this, is the same guy who's recently said effeminate men won't get into heaven because you're not man enough. Like okay, Jesus he's a tr- he he is not a real person. I, this I man looked it up. I swear is to an you, amalgamation. I I tweet desiring God shit all the time because they say the dumbest possible things. I'm gonna read you one of the tweets because it pissed me off like nothing. But I'm saying like when I post those things, people will quickly respond like. Why are you t- retweeting this parody site? Because it's not. It's um, not a parody site. I think you've been had, Hammond. No, no. Here's what <laughs> Desiring God's Twitter account tweeted, and they're uh, quoting John Piper, the minister who runs it. Sometimes the prayer you prayed 999 times uh-huh. is answered in attempt 1,000. Don't give up. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Because God is sitting there listening to you pray for the cancer to go away for 999 times. Yeah. And he's like, no, I was going to cure your cancer, but do it again. And it also, don't give up. What does that even mean? Like your prayer is going to get better by, it's not a free throw. It's not better the thousandth time you try to do it. Large numbers, eventually something good (laughs) is going to happen. So this, I mean, what I tweeted was like, is what I just said, mm-hmm. but people are like, that. that's a joke. I mean, why are you tweeting that? It's not a joke, and this guy is writing for that ministry's mm-hmm. website. He's not a joke. Yeah. And I swear to you, I know people on Facebook who follow that ministry sincerely, uh-huh. and they quote this, like, I saw really? something on my Facebook feed that was like, you guys, watch out for Captain Marvel. Jesus. Which is kind of interesting, because there are, like... The things that people have a problem with in Captain Marvel are apparently 
strong women. And then Brie Larson at one point said that she wanted to make sure her press pool was diverse. And so men like flipped the fuck out about that. I've seen this movie. It has an extremely strong pro-immigration message in it. So like maybe read between the lines, you guys. And like, if you want to get mad about something like, yeah, it was kind of liberally propaganda movie. Like it would. And also like, which is true of almost all of Marvel shit. Like it was all propaganda for like pro disabled people, pro gay rights. Like, you guys are getting mad at the first thing you see when there's so much more you can be getting mad about. Don't settle, guys. Try harder, design Try God. harder. Anyway, that was stupid. <laughs> I hated that. Um, I want to talk about a story. I think this is my last one. How are you standing? Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> so... Kids um, are in the car. I mean, whatever. Yeah, they're fine. Is the window cracked? Yeah, maybe. Stopped raining. They probably haven't drowned. That's not funny. Don't joke about that, <laughs> Jessica. Um, so, uh, uh, Danica Rome, Rome? Yeah. R-O-E-M? Yeah. She is um, the first openly, first and only openly transgender lawmaker in Virginia. Yes. Found it. Almost messed it up. And so, guess who came a knocking? Oh, it's got to be Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, I thought they had would kind of fizzle out once what's his face died, but Fred Phelps, yeah, yeah. but and a couple of the several of the kids have Mark. left the fold. But I think again, one of them's been a guest on the podcast. Um, you might have interviewed him. We've talked to to Megan Phelps Roper, who's fantastic yeah. about talking about her story about leaving sure. the church, and Nate Phelps. We Nate I think Phelps, we've talked yeah. to also, but um, they still exist because again, when you're an extremist cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nowhere else for your specific type of followers to go. Right. So you got to go there. It's like the, the Fox news syndrome. Like mm-hmm. it's a powerhouse because conservatives don't have anywhere else to turn to. So they yeah. go to that one. Yeah. Um, same with conservative websites too. I'm not comparing those necessarily, but that's the idea. Like when there's only the They're one game in time, there you go. But yeah, Westboro Baptist church would hate the fact that a trans person exists and has some power. Yeah. Um, what so were they doing? What were they mad at her about? For being existing. Uh-huh. Um, so, and, and I didn't know this. Danica Rome is also a metal singer, which is fucking yeah. dope as hell. Um, and when some people found out that she was being protested, her like very existence or whatever is being protested, um, her friend, who is also a Richmond-based singer, his name's Randy Blythe, and he friends the uh, band Lamb of God. Do you, have you heard of that? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and he considers her a friend, so he decided to organize a counterparty, which is great. Um, he said, quote, these people are coming out and speaking a bunch of ignorance about my friend. I don't like that. So he came out and just drummed them out. That's the easiest way. There's no point in engaging these people. So he called on his friends and fans to dress in the most absurd costumes they could and then handed out kazoos. And so they just kazooed at the Westboro Baptist Church, and a half hour later, the, the the church left. It is one of my favorite things I've ever heard. That's awesome. It's great, right? And they just disappeared. And they I, just, like, m- into the mist. Whenever they... I know they don't have as much of a presence as they used to, but I also always enjoy watching people raise money off of their existence. Like, for every sign someone right. brings as part of a peaceful protest, mm-hmm. like, or you donate X amount of dollars, whatever. Uh, there's, yeah, that's good. a good response. Um, one last tag when you talked about 
uh, conservative news. No. I just wanted to read this quote from Hannity when he was um, interviewing Newt Gingrich. Oh, <laughs> and God. this is his send-off to a commercial. Just for the record, we don't know if AOC ever smoked weed, although a lot of liberals now care about late-term abortion, during-birth abortion, and even after-birth abortion, and yes, they want to legalize weed. Is a sentence a human man said with his face. Every time someone it's quotes those things... Solid. Like, they have to include a video. Otherwise, oh, I can't tell if it's a parody 100%, or not. Because I watched like, that video. Because again, I've done that. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no way this is actually right. literally the thing. I anyway. Know. And that's why I understand when people are like, you're retweeting parody accounts. I'm like, no. No, these are real. Go look at it for yourself. Yeah. I can't retweet them for real because they blocked me. But I found <laughs> them. And I'm going to screenshot the thing for you. That's why you... Okay, anyway. Um, cool. <laughs> so, um, anything good happening to um, you? I'm Go to Florida. going to be home for like two days. Uh-huh. I assume someone's looking after them. Yeah, I assume. So, Do you want to borrow uh, daddy? She's a good babysitter. Uh, no, I want nothing. I just want to <laughs> go away for like no, two days. No, to watch the kids. It's, it's sad that staying in like a hotel or someone's house or something for a day, like that's how <laughs> I can get some sleep. Uh, yeah. Oh, you make parenthood sound so fun. <laughs> Um, get the abortion now. I don't care oh if you're God. pregnant or not. You should Just get do it now. It. Oh, God, like the thing that Trump said in his I like rambling this is a thing speech. You can do. That like when when people send their daughters to cross the border, they give them like gobs of birth control pills because oh they know they'll be raped. Like, dude, what are you saying? That doesn't even. That's not how any of this works. Oh. Um, I have two happy things that I would yes. talk about. Uh, one is I am in the middle of the fourth book of the Cormoran Strike series, which is J.K. Rowling's pen name series of like mysteries for adults, not like adult. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I have not devoured a series like this really? in y- like genuinely like probably since How many the books Harry are Potter. In the series? There's four so far. Okay, so you're on um, the last one. So I'm on the last one. I have been devouring them. They're so 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 good. I would really recommend it. The first one's called Cuckoo's Calling. Um, and it's under her pen name, which I can't remember. It's like yeah. John Robert Rabishnam. Okay. That's on British. The other thing is, uh, this is some Shagenford for me. Um, there is a podcast called Sword and Scale, and it's a true crime podcast. And the guy who runs it is a fucking scumbag, and he just got dropped from his network. And I'm extremely happy about it. And also, he's losing his mind and shouting that he's being rep- oppressed. And I'm j- like, it's added years to my life. It's so satisfying to see this man break the down. The Shagenford is strong. He is a horrible misogynist. He's. Ter- he name checked a victim who had thus far been anonymous, and he was like, "Here's her name, everybody." And they were like, "Hey, could you super not?" And he's like, "Fuck you, freedom of speech." He's nice. the fucking worst. He's from Florida. <laughs> Fuck him. So those are the two things I'm happy about. I Congrats. genuinely followed that all weekend just to watch him melt down and <laughs> shout free speech. As someone and who doesn't listen to true crime podcasts, that also crossed my. Did path. it? <laughs> Like, wow. Oh, because he blamed, um, because a lot of people were speaking out, like, this guy's the fucking worst. Why does he still have sponsors? And he blamed Aaron, oh, fuck, the guy from Lore, and then Rabia Qadri, who we interviewed, who was from Serial. And he blamed them because they both were like, hey, this guy's the worst. And he was like, I only saw it because it was like in every podcast news thing that I read that showed up. It's like, oh, this is, I guess the guy was a thing and now he's not a thing. Yeah. It's an extremely successful podcast. He's the, he makes, I think like 10, 15, $20,000 a month, like on Patreon. And then he got sponsors on top of that. And now he's like, I (laughs) 
Let but us talk like, about this. I lost my sponsorship, so I'm ending the podcast. And it's like, well, you did it by yourself. For, it, it'd be like literally if we got sponsors and then they dropped us and we're like, how how could we possibly <laughs> do this? Rewind the tape a month <laughs> right, and do what exactly. you did then. Yeah. Anyway, it's just made me super happy because like, I like when bad things happen to bad people. And yes, it's petty. This is my ugly petty side, <laughs> but it's just giving me life on this dark, dark winter's day. Hi, yes. Daddy. Good girl. Um, All right. We will see you next week. Where can week. we find you on oh, Twitter? Right. We do this every week. I'm on Twitter. Find me. I'm at Blueberry, B L U E B U R I E. I got a lot of new followers after Hell Sparks yelled at me. <laughs> it was extremely helpful for my following. Um, you can go to. Oh, shit. I owe somebody. Disney shows. If you're listening to this and I haven't sent you a proof of a cross stitch, I promised you. I'm working on it this weekend, I promise. Um, and go to Friendly Atheist Podcast. Dot com, I guess. You can. Oh, email us at friendlyandthesgmail.com, patreon.com slash friendlyandthesgmail.com. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>